0: not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin.
1: This is Dr. Dan, and we are back with my guest Paul Vallone, the founder and president of Grassroots North Carolina. You know, this really points out how how important these judicial races are. Right now, everything that occurs in the legislatures, everything that occurs, every decision that's made, every law that's made, and then when you go down to all the bureaucrats making their rules and regulations, every single thing is now uh, the subject of a suit of some kind. Uh, we obvious, Well, we obviously have too many lawyers in the country with uh, nothing to do, uh, but the point is is that this makes a very contentious process in this country. If a legislative body ha- cannot pass a law that is not immediately challenged by somebody, uh, it makes rule it makes it just makes things very difficult to have an orderly um, power base.
2: I would say it goes even one step beyond. The left has realized that because they have gotten, activist judges, judges who will legislate from the bench, judges who will uh, impose their own opinions rather than reading the law as the framers intended, what they've attempted to do is to use those those systems to do things like uh, disturb you know, political redistricting or voter ID laws. Uh, here, I mean, we've got Eric Holger and his um, National Democrat, Democratic Redistricting Committee and a campaign that has become called Sue till they're blue. Okay, basically, he goes into Republican-controlled states and sues to overturn political districts. Uh, we have Common Cause and a bunch of other organizations that have sued against the voter ID law that was passed by the by, by ballot initiative by popular vote. The people in North Carolina want a voter ID law, yet we still don't have one, and we don't have one because the left has controlled the uh, the process through the courts. And so we need to retake those courts, not just the North Carolina Supreme Court, but also the Court of Appeals. Now, we do have a majority of conservative justices on their judges, rather, on the Court of Appeals. But one, you know, we're, we're interested in, in a couple of primaries there. Donna Stroud, uh, by some reports, she's a Republican, but she's kind of gone astray and uh, adopted some rather um, leftist values. And so uh, we're kind of uh, thrilled with Beth Freshwater. Uh, Smith running against Donna Stroud. That's an interesting primary for us. Uh, but um, when we get to the general elections, we'll be very, very interested in, um, <clears throat> in making sure that conservatives continue to control the court of appeals.
1: So there are, any, are there any primaries in the appeals court?
2: Uh, the, the one we're most interested in is Freshwater Smith against Donna Stroud. Yes, that that one is uh, is is very interesting to us. Unfortunately, when some of these candidates run for the North Carolina Supreme Court, that will give our fine Governor Roy Cooper uh, um, an opportunity to appoint someone to fill seats that uh, become vacant. And so <clears throat> that's one of the things we're looking at in the, the race for District Five. Trey Allen, um, he is not currently a sitting judge, uh, so if he is uh, elected to the uh, Supreme Court, it will not vacate a seat and allow Roy Cooper to make an appointment. Whereas if April Wood becomes, gets elected to the North Carolina Supreme Court, then old Roy Cooper gets to appoint someone to fill that seat.
1: That ability to appoint judges by the governor really can overturn the voters' wishes
2: at least on an interim basis yes it can
1: you said the uh, the appointments are only interim but anyone with their eyes open can see what one year uh, has done in washington so uh, uh, <laughs> yeah that that interim appointment scares me because an awful lot can happen i know the legal system may move slowly at times but the left has ways of speeding things up if, if it'll be of benefit to them. What other races in North Carolina uh, is GRNC uh, interested in and concerned about?
2: First and foremost, um, the United States Senate. Uh, Richard Burr over the years has turned out, out to be a disappointment, but he is he's retiring this year. And so we have a Republican primary to Fill his vacant seat, uh whoever wins will run against sherry Easley, the uh also formerly of the North Carolina Supreme Court. Now, there are a number of candidates in this race there are basically uh three major candidates. Mark Walker is uh, you know a, a a conservative um I think he's not running an entirely effective campaign, and I really don 't think he has much chance of winning the nomination uh, Then we have Pat McCrory, former governor. <clears throat> And the word that best describes Pat McCrory is rhino, Republican in name only. Uh, This is a guy who, when he was a sitting governor, for example, um, all the people who are still having problems getting uh, North Carolina pistol purchase permits because various left-wing sheriffs are obstructing the process can thank Pat McCrory for that because he had an opportunity to to repeal that law in 2013, and he threatened to veto our omnibus pro-gun bill if it contained a purchase permit repeal. And uh, consequently, it was stripped out in conference committee. So Pat McCrory is the guy that's responsible for us still being saddled with what it was effectively a Jim Crow law it was originally designed for sheriffs to prevent blacks from getting guns, but is now being used by urban sheriffs to deny people the ability to buy handguns. So odds on favorite in this race, uh, I really don't think there's, uh, it, there's, there's no contest. Um, uh, Congressman uh, Ted Budd um, is running for the U.S. Senate this time. Now, this guy is a gun shop owner. Um, we had him at our event uh, last weekend. Um, understand something, that, that Ted Budd didn't have to be there. There was a lot of, of uh, pressure for him not to be there because uh, Donald Trump has endorsed Ted Budd. And <laughs> we sort of got trumped because uh, Donald Trump put a rally on, on the same day as our, our event. And so we were you know, afraid that, uh, that uh, Congressman Budd would cancel. But he stood firm. He attended our event. Um, he said, "You guys were first. I'm going to be there, and then literally had to beat feet to go to Selma for uh, Donald Trump's rally thereafter. Uh, so this guy went the extra mile to make sure that he could he could make his presentation to gun owners at our, our Ring Steel for Freedom event. And um, I just I have not found a stronger constitutionalist who, by the way, is pretty good with a handgun. He went out there and shot the steel plate match and um, We've got video of it on our Facebook page and grassroots North Carolina Facebook page. He's quite impressive.
1: Well, that's terrific. You know, uh, that also kind of reminds me of Andrew Clyde, a gun manufacturer who won in Georgia. He's a a member of the House of Representatives, the Congress Mm -hmm. of D.C. These are people that that we need to know about for the voters in North Carolina, in the GOP primary for the Senate seat of richard burr who thank god is not as retiring Uh, i i hope yeah i hope i hope he has enough money in his retirement account now that he got that insider trading tip that he was able to (laughs) save a bunch of money with but ted but ted budd obviously is sounds like the ideal candidate uh to take over that slot what do you think his chances are against uh, the Democrat uh, running that he'll be running against?
2: Well, he's right now he's polling uh, – uh, the way he's polling, he's beating uh, Beasley right now, uh, and he's also beating McCrory, uh, despite the fact that McCrory has tried some very dirty tricks in some of his uh, political uh, advertising that, that, frankly, is just – it's false. Um, he's, he's trying this uh, – Bizarre attempt to try and link um, Ted Bud with either, with uh, George Soros, which is absurd, um, and it was debunked by the uh, Carolina Journal, the uh, John Locke Foundation's publication last last fall. Yet he continues to use this lie. Uh, so, in any case, um, I think Bud has a chance. That's, he's he's supported by the Club for Growth. He's endorsed by Donald Trump. And um, I, I think he's uh, and he's running a solid campaign. I think he has a real chance for victory, and I think we have a real chance to uh, elect a strong constitutionalist to the United States Senate. I'm very excited about that race.
1: Well, that sounds like a a, a really good uh, race to be attentive to, and of course a very good race for us in North Carolina to be aware of, because obviously he needs our votes. Ob- and again, here in Western North Carolina. Uh, there's really. We're very, very conservative, and whoever the Republican uh, nominee is, uh, I'm going to bet they're going to get a significant number of votes, a very high percentage of the vote uh, here in western North Carolina. Uh, We're talking here with Paul Vallone, the founder and president of Grassroots North Carolina, GRNC.org. Please become members of of uh, GRNC.org. Support it with your dollars. Listen to what they have to say. They have a great website. Uh, I'm happy to say I'm one of the sponsors of GRNC. Uh, they are indeed. And we're very, very happy to uh, support them. And, uh, and they, if you want to know what's going on with gun rights in the state of North Carolina, uh, GRNC.org is absolutely uh, the place. This is Dr. Dan. And we are back with my guest, Paul Vallone the founder and president of Grassroots North Carolina. So, Paul Vallone, let's talk about some of the gun rights issues in our state currently. We've had a lot of successes, uh, but we obviously also have a ways to go. Uh, what do you think?
2: Well, I mean, we, were, we had been doing well until about 2015. We passed the concealed hand carry bill. We passed concealed handgun reciprocity. We passed Castle Doctrine, Stand Your Ground, Range Protection, preempt- Statewide Firearms Preemption. We passed uh, uh, Castle Doctrine, Stand Your Ground. We passed uh, expansion of the zoo area, the state and municipal parks, restaurants, public assemblies, um, and a bunch of other stuff. But at this point, I'm afraid, thanks to our Democrat governor and the fact that we no longer have a supermajority of Republicans in the General Assembly, we're kind of at a stalemate, and that's why other states are passing things like constitutional carry, where constitutional carry, if your listeners aren't familiar, is essentially uh, permitless concealed carry uh, that recognizes that it is your individual right and should not be you know, licensed by bureaucrats. So um, we, this year we passed two pieces of legislation through the General Assembly. Uh, one expands concealed carry into churches which are co located with educational properties. It's perfectly legal to carry to concealed carry in a church right now. However, if they sponsor a school, it becomes educational property where possession of a, fi- a firearm is a felony. Uh, we passed that uh, through both chambers, went to the governor's desk, he vetoed it. Then we passed the repeal of our Jim Crow era pistol purchase permit law. The law that is used, being used by Gerald Baker, Wake County Sheriff, Gary McFadden, Mecklenburg County Sheriff, Sheriff of Buncombe County, Sheriff of Guilford County. These guys are, are leftist you know, um, urban sheriffs who are using the purchase permit law to obstruct people from buying handguns. We got the repeal of that law so that background checks would now be done at point of sale, just like they are in most other states. And uh, once again, we got it from the General Assembly sent to the governor's desk and he vetoed it. And lacking a supermajority, we're not going to be probably not going to be able to override either of those vetoes. So uh, once again, we're kind of a stalemate in the state of North Carolina.
1: So unfortunately, the governor is going to be there for another what, three years. Um, but, you know, the lieutenant governor looks to me like a, a very... Very promising candidate to uh, take over, wouldn't you think?
2: Very promising. Uh, very, very promising. Uh, if your listeners don't know, he became famous, if you will, when a video that uh, we put on our website, actually, our video, that went viral. Uh, it was a video with him before the Greensboro City Council passionately defending gun rights against the attempt by the Greensboro City Council to try and ban gun shows. Now, this is a guy at that point, he didn't even own a firearm, but uh, his his impassioned defense went viral, made him famous, and ultimately it ended up, you know, with him running for lieutenant, running for and being elected to the uh, lieutenant governor's seat. And uh, he has been promising ever since. I mean, this guy is truly a bastion of conservative values. Um, and uh, I think, you know, Mark Robinson has great promise for us. I'm. I, I look very much. I think he's doing some exploratory uh, stuff for the governor's run in 2024, and uh, I look forward to supporting him for that uh, for that
1: race. So we definitely have some some people like Mark Robinson who could theoretically turn the executive. Uh, mansion, the governor's mansion in North Carolina, into a conservative house, and that would really help us because we have a conservative legislature. We're only about five votes short of a super majority. Uh, it would be nice if we could get a one or two of those guys to vote uh, with the with the super majority and overturn some of these vetoes. But that seems to be kind of an elusive. It's it's elusive to even hope that.
2: Part of the reason it's elusive is because the left has been suing over political districts and forcing the redrawing of those districts uh, to be more uh, more Democrat, frankly. And so uh, that's one of the reasons that uh, a supermajority has been eluding us.
1: So let's talk, if you can, on a national level. What are some of the Second Amendment issues that you're concerned about uh, nationally?
2: Well, obviously, we're very concerned about, you know, about a variety of things. But what you've got in terms of congressional legislation, you've once again got a stalemate, because fortunately, uh, even though the Senate, U.S. Senate is 50-50 with, Cam- with uh, Kamala Harris as the tiebreaker, uh, fortunately, one Democrat, Bill Manchin, the last remaining blue dog Democrat, won't go along with gun control. And so consequently, um, <clears throat> it's been a stalemate there. But Joe Biden, um, he just, just today, he came out and uh, went into the Rose Garden and did one of his litany of lies. Maintaining things like people, certain people were restricted from owning firearms when the framers drafted the second amendment. No, they weren't. Okay? Maintaining things like that there's an iron pipeline with gun trafficking to, from southern states to northern states. Without bothering to mention why it is that in the southern states they don't create the crime problem they seem to create in the northern states. Because, of course, the truth is that it's the leftist policies which create crime problems, not the firearms. So these litany of lies, is using the ATF and trying to use his regulatory powers to, uh, to stymie gun owners. Just today, you know, they call them ghost guns. They're really, you know, privately made firearms. And he's reg- he's regulating these things or trying to regulate them as best he can despite the fact that it has been the right of the citizens to build their own firearms since the inception of our Republic. Um, he's trying he's using the ATF. Basically he's trying now he's got another um, the name eludes me, but he has yet another nominee to head the ATF who's rabidly anti-gun. I mean, he failed with David Chipman who's a gun control lobbyist for crying out loud. And so now he's trying with this next guy who is, also, come out in favor of a variety of gun bans. So, basically, Biden's attempt is to use the ATF to circumnavigate Congress, to to route around Congress, you know, the, the proper role of congressional legislation, and use regulations to uh, to har- harass gun dealers out of out of business and to harass gun owners.
1: So, obviously, we have our hands full uh, if we are to protect our Second Amendment rights, um, and I think that our best hope in the near term is to make sure during the elections that's this year that we make enough changes so that we don't have to be constantly sitting on the edge of a precipice here where where, uh, the left can get it didn't get their way.
2: We are at any time only one election away from losing our freedoms and voters have to remember that one election away.
1: So, Paul Valone it's been really interesting talking with you about a number of our Second Amendment issues. Uh, in closing, do you have some final words of wisdom?
2: Our candidate evaluations and our candidate recommendations will be out in the next couple of days. Um, <clears throat> they can find them at grnc.org. And I strongly encourage people to use our candidate recommendations and to go to the primary elections on May 17th and vote for candidates who support the Second Amendment and to support Constitution and individual freedom.
1: Paul Vallone of GRNC. And again, uh, please go to grnc.org. Join, join with us, and I proudly say us. Join with us and support really one of the foremost Second Amendment protection organizations in this country. Paul Vallone, you really are to be congratulated for founding this organization. And again, it's been a pleasure to have you as a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. The
2: pleasure has been mine, sir. Thank you for having me. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com the right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily
0: confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom
1: Everything gonna be all right this morning <laughs>